Well, good evening. Welcome back to Long Hill Baptist Church. We're going to start with number 380, How Firm a Foundation. We'll sing all five verses of How Firm a Foundation. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said to you who for to Jesus have fled. Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld. By my righteous omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee, troubles to bless. And sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials the pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design dross to consume and thy gold to refine. And the last, the soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes that soul though all hell never to shake i'll never no never no never forsake Well, good evening. Welcome to our evening service here at Long Hill Baptist Church in Trumbull, Connecticut. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, so we had a 9 o'clock online service. We had 11 o'clock in-person service. We're back online tonight. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to uh, plan to add back our Wednesday night service. We'll give you more details about that uh, as we get closer, but that'll give us a chance to meet once on Sundays. Uh, and once uh, during the week. So I hope that'll be a blessing. Please keep that in prayer, and uh, we'll come back to you again with the timing, but that'll be a, a couple of weeks out uh, from now. At least that's the intention at this point. So um, just do keep that in prayer. I believe the Lord gave us a, a good morning uh, here at the church, and I uh, want to pray and thank him for that. 
and pray for service tonight. I want to pray for our country tonight also. Let's pray for uh, peace in our land. Of course, we know that there will be no perfect peace until Christ comes. Uh, there'll be a wonderfully perfect peace thereafter, but uh, we can and, and should pray for uh, peace, as much peace as is possible in our country. Remind us tonight that uh, men can be reconciled to one another, as we've seen in Scripture, really only when they've first been reconciled to Christ. So uh, pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Uh, pray for courage to share the gospel, for wisdom to do that. That is what will make the difference. So let's pray for those opportunities. And let's pray for God to work in us and through us. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you uh, tonight for a good day uh, here in church. Lord, I believe that you have worked through the preaching and teaching uh, of your word. We thank you for that. Thank you for the time uh, that we've enjoyed together today. Uh, Lord, we're grateful for that. We look ahead to uh, being able to safely uh, meet together more often. Uh, tonight, we pray that uh, you would allow us to safely uh, add back our Wednesday night service uh, shortly. And Lord, we pray for your wisdom and uh, guidance uh, related to that. Now, Father, tonight I do pray for our nation. Lord, we're a nation that is torn in many ways. Uh, Father, we, we have a a variety of philosophies and opinions about what is wrong and, and what is right. Lord, we understand that uh, a nation uh, really can only be united under you and in you. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that you would help us to be faithful, that you would give us opportunity and help us to be faithful. Uh, as Paul prayed, uh, as desired to be prayed for, that uh, we would have uh, an open door to, uh, to give utterance, to share uh, the truth of Christ, the gospel, uh, the way of salvation, the way to be reconciled with you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the knowledge that men can really only be reconciled when they first are reconciled to you. And there's only one way. That's Christ. That's the gospel. And so I pray that you would help us to redouble our uh, prayer efforts regarding opportunities to share the gospel. Uh, we do pray for wisdom in doing that. We pray for opportunity to do that. Lord, uh, I pray tonight that you would use us, uh, help us to be right, help us to be usable uh, as we prayed this morning. And Lord, I pray that um, as perhaps there's revival in our own hearts, there can be revival in our church and in our country. Lord, we understand that begins with individuals and it begins with a church. And so I thank you tonight for our church and the individuals who make it up. Lord, please have your hand upon each of us tonight. Bless us tonight as we look to you and, and worship you in song. Lord, I love you tonight. I thank you uh, for being a God who hears our prayers and who is able to answer in exactly the best way. Lord, I love you. I pray that you'll work here now tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn to our next song sheet, which will be number 323, Verily, Verily. We'll sing all four verses of Verily, Verily. What a Savior that he died for me, 
from condemnation he hath made me free. He that believeth on the Son, saith he, hath everlasting life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verily, verily, message ever new, he that believeth on the Son, tis true, hath everlasting life. All my iniquities were laid on him, all my indebtedness by him was paid. All who believe on him, the Lord has said, hath everlasting life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verily, verily, message ever new. Believe it on the Son, tis true, hath everlasting life. Though poor and needy, I can trust my Lord. Though weak and sinful, I believe his word. Oh, glad message every child of God hath everlasting life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verily, verily, message ever new. He that believeth on the Son, tis true hath everlasting life and the last though all unworthy yet i will not doubt for him that cometh he will not cast out he that believeth all the good news shout hath everlasting life verily verily i say unto you verily verily message ever new he that believeth on the Son, tis true, hath everlasting life. Lord, thank you for the truth of the everlasting life that we have in Christ. I hope tonight that you know him as your Savior, that you're certain of that. I uh, hope tonight there's been a time that you've understood that uh, we're sinners. Uh, we've all done things that offend God that are wrong according to him. He sets the standard. And, and that that sin separates us from God and uh, condemns us to uh, an eternity in hell, a very real place with very real punishment. Uh, thankfully, God loves us enough that he made a way for us to avoid that punishment. Uh, that way is a very loving way. He sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, a perfect sacrifice uh, to die upon the cross to take the punishment that we deserve upon himself. He died, he was buried, he rose again, proving that God was satisfied by his sacrifice upon the cross, a substitutionary sacrifice, dying in place of me, taking the punishment that I deserve. And all that's required now for me to partake of that salvation, to partake of that forgiveness, and to have eternal life is to turn uh, from sin to Christ and to place my faith in him and what he has done upon the cross. Tonight, I hope there's been a time when you've understood that and made that decision. Really, honestly, nothing else makes sense. Once you hear that truth and, and God convicts you of that truth in your heart, uh, nothing else makes sense but to place your faith upon Christ 
to be regenerated, to be reborn, to be forgiven, to enter into a wonderful life with Christ. I hope you've made that decision. If you've not, if you have questions, please reach out to us. Uh, you can find contact information for us on our website. I encourage you uh, to do that. Tonight, I want to ask you to turn to Psalm 146. Uh, Psalm 147, I should say. Psalm uh, 147. Uh, this is a, really a continuation of the theme that we've been seeing in our series of uh, psalms on Sunday nights. Uh, this, this portion of the psalms is dealing with the Lord's desire that we praise him, that we be in the business of glorifying him and praising him and worshiping him uh, with praise. Uh, speaking truths, thankfulness, gratitude, uh, praying uh, gratitude and thankfulness to God for who he is and what he's like and what he's done for us, uh, testifying to others uh, who we know God to be in our own lives and from his word, uh, praising him. Uh, this, this series of psalms deals with the Lord's desire, his command uh, that his people be in the business, make it our business uh, one of the major goals of our life to bring him honor and glory uh, as we praise him with our mouths in song, in prayer, uh, in testifying to the lost and to one another, uh, fellow saved people. Uh, this psalm tonight, Psalm 147, it's, um, it's a really neat psalm in, in every way. It's, of course, it's God's word and it's, it's profoundly powerful because it is God's word. Remember, the psalms are songs. And as we look at this psalm tonight, I want you to see that uh, this one is really a three stanza hymn of praise. Uh, it has, you'll see, uh, uh, well, four places, but, but three places that mark off, I believe, uh, the beginning of stanzas of this hymn. Uh, and then there's a recurring theme within each stanza or verse, if you prefer. Uh, we, we'll see that God is praiseworthy. He's worthy of praise uh, in, in, because of uh, his attributes that are illustrated in, in creation, in nature. Uh, we'll see that in each of the verses. We'll also see in each of these three verses that uh, God illustrates his praiseworthiness, reasons uh, to praise him uh, in his care for us or in his nurture. So, you know, I'll give you the choice of C's or N's tonight. We've got uh, God's praiseworthiness illustrated in, in his creation and his care for us, or you could say nature, uh, his creation, nature, uh, or his nurture, his nurturing of his people. I'll let you take your pick tonight. Why don't we read the psalm here tonight? I uh, hope you have your Bible open at this point. We're in Psalm 147. Uh, we use King James Bible in our church. We believe it's the, the best, most accurate translation. We believe that it is an accurate translation of the inspired and preserved words of God. Uh, we really don't see that anywhere else in the English language. And so this is our uh, Bible here at Long Hill Baptist Church. Here, the Bible says, Psalm 147, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. It is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outs outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Verse 6 says, The Lord lifteth up the meek. 
He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Verse 7 says, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp. Sing unto our, it says, unto the harp, unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. Verse 9 says, He giveth to the beast his food, the wild animals, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. See verse 11, please. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Uh, the structure of the, of the hymn really points to that verse. Everything kind of narrows down to that verse and then broadens back up from that verse. We'll come back and revisit that tonight. Verse 12 says, Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He has blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace, verse 14, in thy borders, and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word, verse 18, and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow and the waters flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes, and his judgments unto Israel, his words. Verse 20 says, He hath not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. And then we begin, I'm sorry, we end where we began, praise ye the Lord. More reasons to praise the Lord tonight. Illustrations of God's praiseworthiness uh, in his creation and in his care for his people. Let's pray and we'll jump in here tonight. Father, thank you tonight for uh, this psalm. Lord, it's a wonderful song and um, I thank you for it tonight. Lord, I thank you for all of your words. Uh, we appreciate the psalms in our church and, and the encouragement that we receive from them. And Lord, I thank you that uh, there are Psalms like this are not only joyful, they provoke us to joy and to praise and, and to be thankful, but they teach us. Uh, Lord, they teach us about your power uh, and your care for your people. Uh, just two of the reasons that you are so very worthy of praise. And Father, I pray tonight as we look uh, quickly at these verses that uh, we'll be reminded of these, these things, these reasons these prompts to praise you, and that we will indeed praise you uh, in prayer, in song, uh, in our conversations with each other, and in our testimonies to lost people around us. Lord, use our praise to encourage one another, and use our praise to open doors to share the gospel uh, to those who are without. Father, use me now, I pray, and I pray that uh, your people would just be lifted up and encouraged by you tonight, Lord. I pray you encourage your people tonight as uh, they feed upon your words. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I praise you for these words, and I thank you for the privilege to preach them uh, here tonight. Uh, Lord, work here now, I pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I want you to see the first verse of the first stanza, please. Uh, look back at verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. And right away, God gives you three uh, reasons why to do that. So there's a command. Uh, you know, it'd be good enough just have the command, but God gives reasons. And so many of these psalms in, in this part of the, the book of psalms uh, are, are giving us reasons. But here's three right here in, in one verse. The Lord said, it's good to sing praises unto our God. It's good. Uh, what is good? What is not good? Well, the Bible shows us things that are good, and one of those things uh, is to sing praises uh, unto our God. So many of uh, the, the hymns, the songs that we sing in our church are, are really just that. They're singing praises to God. They're uh, exalting him and glorifying and praising him for who he is and what he's like and, and what he's done for us. This is good. God, in God's eyes, uh, it is good to sing praises uh, unto him. Look at the next part of the verse. He says, it's pleasant. Uh, it's sweet or delightful in God's eyes uh, when his people praise him. Remember, we're here for God's pleasure. Revelation 4.11, we look there all the time. Don't need to turn there tonight, but uh, it's pleasant to God. It's sweet. Uh, it's delightful to him. You have the amazing privilege to please God, to be sweet and delight him when we praise him. That's the second thing. And then uh, the Bible says at the end of verse 1, uh, praise is comely or comely. It's suitable or beautiful. That word has the idea uh, of suitableness, of appropriateness, but can also have the idea of beauty. Uh, what is beautiful? What is beauty? That's a, uh, a great uh, question that philosophers have asked. Uh, well, right here's an answer to that. Uh, one of the definitions, according to the Bible, of beauty uh, is praise. Uh, praise is beautiful in God's eyes. Uh, it's good. It's pleasant. It's calmly. It's suitable. It's appropriate. It's beautiful uh, in God's eyes. What a privilege we have uh, to praise a God uh, who is so great. Now let's, let's begin diving in. I want you to see some of these other things here, this recurring theme of, of God's praiseworthiness being illustrated both in uh, the creation uh, as well as in his care for us. And uh, the next thing we'll see here is an example of uh, a passage that illustrates God's praiseworthiness um, First, uh, in his care for us or, or in his uh, nurture. We see this in verses 2 and 3, and it, it seems to allude back to uh, the time when God brought the people back out of the captivity. Uh, he restored Jerusalem, the place. Uh, he restored the people uh, to that place, uh, and he restored them spiritually and emotionally and really every way. Uh, imagine having been carried off away from your home and uh, having been uh, away for so very long and finally being brought back to that place from which you had been carried off. And uh, God did that. He, he accomplished all of that. See verse 2, the Lord uh, doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts. Uh, of Israel. And boy, that sure does seem to uh, allude back to when God did just that. He, uh, he brought his people back. Uh, he, he chastened them. He corrected them in captivity. Uh, and he brought them back. By the way, Isaiah prophesied both the, uh, the carrying off, the chastening of God's people, uh, as well as his care in bringing them back to Israel. In Isaiah 11 and verse 12, uh, the Bible says, he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall 
assemble the outcasts of Israel uh, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Don't think that's an eschatological statement in terms of things that are future today. It was future in, in Isaiah's day. I believe that refers to uh, the same thing uh, historically now, looking back, that God accomplished when he brought his people uh, back out of captivity, caring for them, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Why do I say that? We'll see verse 3. Uh, the, the psalmist, probably David, we don't know that, says he healeth the broken in heart. God heals the brokenhearted uh, and bindeth up their wounds. Now I think this, again, this verse is looking at a specific event in history when God did that for his people, bringing them back from captivity. But why would the psalmist be bringing this into uh, a psalm uh, like this? Well, he, he wants uh, the people of Israel to praise God for having accomplished that in their past. Uh, but I believe he wants all of us to understand that we have a God who's able to do what he did. Uh, he was able to correct his people. He was able to bring his people back. Uh, he was able to work through his people to restore the gates and the city. And he was able to place his people back in that place, uh, having not only provided for them physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well. Listen, God's still in that business. Uh, God is still in the business of meeting the physical needs of those who have sought Christ first. I hope that's you. Uh, and he's still in the business of meeting emotional needs uh, and spiritual needs. And, of course, we, we sure do have uh, emotional needs. The Bible uh, deals with anxiety and depression over and over and over again. And you know, so many of the uh, physical, uh, it, yes, physical, psychological, all, so many of the problems that we face uh, are, are, have an emotional basis, which really is rooted in spiritual problems, uh, and there we meet the Lord uh, to address the underlying spiritual problems through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Uh, he, uh, he's able to provide physically, uh, emotionally, and spiritually, and you can praise him for that, and you ought to. If you have needs in any of those areas tonight, pray, ask him for the, uh, your needs. Um, praise him for that. Thank him and praise him that you can count on God uh, to meet your needs. Uh, moving next into the next part of this stanza or, or this verse, we see uh, his praiseworthiness illustrated in creation or nature. Uh, look at verse 4. It's a pretty extraordinary verse. It says, God knows uh, and numbers all the stars and has a name for every one of them. Uh, verse 4, he telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Boy, if you look up at the sky at night, now here in our part of the world where we live here, uh, there's a lot of ground light, so we can't see all the stars uh, that you might see uh, out in a, in a more rural part of the country. But you can see a lot of stars, particularly if you're out there and you allow your eyes to adjust for uh, just several minutes. You, you can see uh, an innumerable number of stars in the sky. And if you've been able to get out west or into a more rural area, you look up at night and it's just awesome. Uh, the number of stars, the innumerable number of stars. God, of course, created them all. Uh, he telleth the number of them. He knows them. And he has a name for every single one of them. Uh, of course, he, he knows all of us, too. He knows our name. He knows us, uh, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Uh, the great power of God is on display here. Uh, he's a creator, and he has 
infinite knowledge and understanding of his creation. Well, Psalmist exclaims that in verse 5. Great is our Lord and of great power. Uh, his understanding is infinite. Uh, just stop and think if he created one star uh, or even just the earth and nothing else, that would testify to the magnitude of his greatness. He's great beyond our comprehension. Uh, it would demand that he's a God of great power, uh, and it would demand that he's a God of, of, of understanding that is infinite, beyond measure. That's our God. He is worthy of praise. You know, stop and praise God for the beauty of his creation, as marred as it is by sin today. Look up in the sky tonight if you have an opportunity. We've had beautiful uh, full moons uh, here recently. The next time you see something beautiful in the sky, stop and praise God for that. Boy, God, you're, you're a God who's able to create this, the wonder of it all, the beauty of it all. I praise you for that. Uh, I can enjoy it. God, thank you for the, uh, the fact that it testifies to your power, uh, to your praiseworthiness. And so, God, I, I praise you for it. Here in the same stanza, um, the writer returns back to the praiseworthiness of God uh, illustrated in his care for his people, the nurture of his people. Look at verse 6. The Lord lifteth up the meek. At the same time, or on the other hand, he casteth the wicked down to the ground. I'll praise God tonight that we have a God uh, who lifts up the meek and the humble. We have a God as we simply humble ourselves before him, uh, he lifts us up. Uh, he is able to accomplish in us and through us whatever he desires as we simply bow down yield ourselves to him, recognize our place uh, in his creation. It's a great and important place, uh, but it, it's, a, it's a place that calls for humility before a God who is all-powerful, uh, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Uh, and he's God who also can deal with the wicked. We don't have to do that. Psalm 145 and verse 14, we saw that re recently. Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up those that be bowed down. Listen, let's just ask God to help us humble ourselves before him, knowing that he lifts us up. He blesses us for that. Psalm 25 and verse 9 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Now, sometimes I, I hear people frustrated or discouraged, feel like they, they haven't been able to learn the word of God as, as well as they would like to. Other people, I, I love to hear, they say, you know, I've been learning so much and growing and uh, praise God. What, what's the difference? Well, sometimes it, it's just a lack of meekness. Sometimes there's a, a roadblock in your life. It's, it's a roadblock of pride. Uh, there's a lack of meekness. There's a lack of submission to the Lord. Uh, the Bible says there, again, in, in Psalm 25, verse 9, uh, the meek will he teach his way. God, help me to bow down to humble myself before you. Lord, teach me. Psalm 37, verse 11 says, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves uh, in the abundance of peace. Of course, Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And James says, James 4 and verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. God, please uh, deal with pride in my heart. Uh, Lord, search my heart. Uh, cut out the pride that, that remains there. Uh, cut out anything that stands in, in the way of me humbling myself before you. 
And that's a prayer that you, you pray with heaviness, perhaps, because there's a, there's a conviction about pride, or maybe there's an understanding that God will, he'll, he'll cut out the pride, but sometimes it, it can be painful. Uh, it can involve a trial. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you just help me to humble myself before you. Uh, I, help me to confess the pride in my heart, and help me, Father, just to humble myself before you. Uh, God is worthy of praise because he is a God who lifts up the meek. He's a God who blesses and teaches the humble and, and the meek. Praise him for that. Uh, praise him for that. That's the first stanza. Let's move on to the second stanza. The, the basic structure is the same. There's a command to praise God, and then we see examples or illustrations of his praiseworthiness both in nature and in his nurture of his people, both in his creation and in his care for us. We're his people. By the way, isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a great thing to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm one of God's people. Uh, Brother Ray, that's an amazing thing to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm one of God's people. Uh, he reached into my life and uh, convicted me of sin, put me in the right place to hear the gospel at the right time, uh, not only convicted me of sin, but convicted me of the truth of the gospel and uh, enabled me to place my faith back upon Christ for salvation. That's an amazing thing. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing. Here's the second stanza. Uh, it begins with, sing, uh, sing unto the Lord. Uh, it's the second time we've seen uh, the command to, to sing praises, sing unto the Lord uh, with thanksgiving. By the way, make a note, that word translated thanksgiving here, remember the Old Testament given originally in Hebrew, uh, the word that is translated thanksgiving here is elsewhere, um, at least one place, translated praise. The word could be translated, there's such a tight connection between praise and thanksgiving. Uh, I think they're almost um, indistinguishable at least in some ways. Uh, if you're praising God, uh, that praise comes from a thankful heart, right? It's, it's, it's um, an acknowledgement of gratitude for who God is, for what he's done in your life, and for the hope that you have for eternity. Uh, you praise God because you know that, but more importantly, because you're, you're grateful for those things. And, and so praise and thanksgiving, they're uh, they're two, either two sides of the same coin or, or almost indistinguishable from one another. Almost indistinguishable. Uh, the psalmist writes in verse 7 again, Sing unto the Lord uh, with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. Uh, God is a God who, who loves it when his people sing praises. He's a God uh, who is the inventor of, of music, good godly music. And he desires that good godly music be used uh, uh, in, in praising him and praise God for music. Um, we, we love music in our, in our church. Uh, keep praying for a real pianist. Keep praying for other instrumentalists. Uh, I'm grateful that God's given us uh, men who can lead uh, the music, Zachary and, and others. And, uh, you know, praise God that we're, we're able to sing uh, in our church and, and for the great songs that we have. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise uh, upon the harp uh, unto our God. Let's keep moving here. Uh, we see his praiseworthiness now illustrated in his creation, in, in nature. Uh, he, next several verses uh, communicate the idea, reveal that God is one who, 
who sends rain and, and uses that to make grass grow. Uh, perhaps crops are in view there uh, and gives food to uh, wild animals who wouldn't otherwise be able to, uh, to have what they need uh, to live. Look at verse 8. Uh, it, it's an encouragement here to praise God who covereth the heaven uh, with clouds. Of course, we understand rain comes from clouds. Uh, it's a physical process. It's a natural process that God devised so that uh, rain could fall on various parts of, of the earth uh, at the right time. Water evaporates up and is gathered in clouds, and clouds are moved by wind uh, to the place that Lord desires. And with, when the conditions are right and through the processes that God has defined, the rain will fall uh, from those clouds. God did that. That did not just happen. Um, and by the way, the clouds that we've seen here uh, lately have just been beautiful. Uh, some of these big, beautiful banks of clouds. Do you look up and you, do you see the clouds and, and do you just go, ho-hum, uh, oh, well, look at that, clouds. Or, or do you say, wow, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, praise God for the beauty of the clouds and uh, praise God for the purpose of the clouds. They bring the rain that we need. God is the designer uh, of these things. Uh, God is one who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth uh, and maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. Uh, the fact that uh, a seed can be put into the ground and watered and grow into any kind of a plant or tree uh, or whatever it is designed to accomplish or to grow into is an extraordinary thing. Uh, it is a miraculous thing. Yes, we can understand uh, part of that process through our study of nature and, and, and biology and so forth, but don't, don't lose sight of the wonder uh, and, and miracle of, of those processes. It's God uh, who's designed those things and, and who makes it work and provides what's needed uh, for these things to happen. Verse 9 says, He giveth to the beast uh, his food. Uh, the wild animal, the, the animal that is not being cared for by, by man, uh, God provides for. And to the young ravens uh, which cry. And, course, Jesus said in Matthew 6 that if that's true, how much more uh, do you think God must care for you? Those animals aren't created in the image of God, but you are. We share some of his characteristics as he's created us to. Uh, God the Father sent his only son as a man, uh, not to save the wild beasts of the field or the birds of the air, but, but men, people, us, uh, those of us who are created uh, in his image. We have uh, a great God who's able to provide for uh, nature, uh, but he's able to provide for us too. Don't forget that. He's promised to meet the basic needs of those who have come to Christ for salvation, for forgiveness of sin. Uh, and, you know, once, once you get a hold of that, once, once the Lord um, just burns into your, uh, your understanding, the truthfulness of that promise we have nothing to fear. There's, there's nothing to worry about. If, if God is a God who's sovereign over all things and who has made the promise to, to meet the basic needs, the basic needs of those that have come to Christ for salvation, you can trust him. He does not let us down. Uh, there's, there's fear and worry, uh, anxiety. doesn't make sense. God meets the needs uh, of his people. And we see here, uh, in verses 10, 11, that God's care for his people, uh, God's care for his people, um, it has great purpose. It has great purpose. 
uh, we're not here just to live, uh, just to breathe air and, and to eat and do some simple things and, and then to die and go on to heaven. Uh, we are here because God put us here with great purpose. Uh, his care for his creation and his people uh, makes it possible for us to be in the business of pleasing God, which again is the purpose that's revealed for all of creation in Revelation 4.11. Once you see this, verse 10, uh, he, God, see this please, this is important. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. God doesn't delight in how strong horses are. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. God is not particularly pleased with or delighted by the strength of a man or his legs. What pleases God then? We'll see verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that what? What does it say? What does it say? That fear him uh, and in those that hope in his mercy. Uh, God's not, stop to think about this. Um, God is worthy of praise because of what we observe in creation and because of what we observe in terms of his care for his people. He's worthy of praise. But those aspects of creation are, are not what pleases him. Uh, it's the praise that he receives from his people that pleases him, that delights him. Uh, it's, it's the obedience to praise ye the Lord among those who he cares for as part of his creation, uh, those that fear him enough to obey his command to receive these prompts to praise him uh, and to praise him in response to these things. That's what pleases God. He's not sitting around in heaven on the throne saying, boy, look at how strong I made a horse. I'm pretty impressive God. That's not what pleases him. Or, or, boy, look at that specimen of a man that I created. Look how fast he is or how strong he is or how smart he is. I must be a pretty great God to have accomplished that. That's not, that's not what God is doing. He does not take pleasure in what he's accomplished in that sense. He takes pleasure in his people who choose to praise him for these things. That is um, that's rather profound. Now, I want you to see these, these verses here at the center of the hymn. Uh, the, structure, the structure of the hymn uh, or the song or the psalm, it all narrows down to this, uh, this verse or these two verses. Um, and then it, it expands back up again from this point. And, and it really does bring, out, bring the focus to uh, what we've just said. God is pleased when his people praise him for who he is and what he's like as revealed in his creation and by his care for his people. He's pleased when we praise him for these things. Uh, fearing him and hoping in his mercy will encourage our obedience in this area. Fearing him encourages obeying him. Uh, and what is the entire psalm commanding? Praising him. God takes more pleasure from our praise than he does in how his creation testifies to his power. 
I believe that's what this hymn is all kind of narrowing down to, that truth. And uh, when you see that, uh, you are reminded all over again, perhaps with fresh eyes, uh, perhaps like you've never appreciated before, just how important it is to God that we be in the business of praising him, bringing honor and glory to him as his people. This is what pleases God. This is what pleases him. He's not impressed with himself. He's pleased by his people who fear him and hope in him and therefore obey him uh, with hearts filled with gratitude. And a big part of the obedience that is brought into focus here is obedience to praise him. Lord, help us to be people whose hearts and mouths uh, and keyboards are filled are filled with praise. There's one more stanza here. It kind of um, blossoms back up or broadens back up from this central point now. Uh, and it's similar, just other examples brought in here uh, to encourage our praise. We've, we've narrowed down to the importance of praise, and now we, uh, we broaden back up to examples of praise that, that encourage us. Verse 12, the third stanza begins uh, with the command, praise the Lord. That's, we've seen that before. O Jerusalem, praise the, thy God, O Zion. Uh, the Jewish people were the first ones to receive uh, this, this psalm, of course, Jewish scripture, uh, given first to the Jews and now to the Gentiles. Uh, we see here God's praiseworthiness, the encouragement to, pray, uh, to praise him, to obey him, uh, illustrated in his, his care or nurture of his people. Uh, first we see here he protects his people. He protects his people. Uh, boy, we need to know that. We need to be reminded of that today. Uh, there's all kinds of threats out there, physical threats, whether it's coronavirus or unrest in the streets or whatever it is, it's good to know God is a God who can protect whenever, wherever he chooses to. Verse 13 says, For he has strengthened the bars of thy gates. Uh, picture here the city gates uh, in an old uh, biblical town and, and the bars on the gates. Uh, if uh, approaching enemy, a burglar, a bad guy, if you will, uh, could loosen the bars or bend the bars or break out the bars, he could gain entree through the gate without even opening the gate. Uh, the Lord says here in, in his word uh, that he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He's the one that protects. He hath blessed thy children within thee uh, with safety and security. God is able to do that whenever, wherever he chooses to protect his people. Pray for that. Would you just keep on praying that God will protect us from coronavirus? Uh, pray that uh, protests do not become violent riots in our area. Pray that God's people here uh, would be protected from that. Pray that God's people will be protected uh, around the country tonight. Uh, pray for Atlanta, this, the difficulties that have flared up in Atlanta. We need to pray for that place and, and those people. And pray for our country. You know, pray specifically and pray generally. Uh, God provides uh, protection. Uh, he protects his people. The next couple of verses show his provision, his physical and his spiritual provision. Uh, first, his physical uh, provision, food. Verse 14, he maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee uh, with the finest of the wheat, of bread. God provides the food that we eat. Uh, no matter how we get it, 
He made it possible. No matter how it arrives onto our plate, God is the inventor of it, the creator of it, and made it possible to get to your plate. Uh, praise him for that. Thank him for it whenever you eat. Uh, eating should always be a prompt to praise. Uh, he's a provider of uh, spiritual bread, his words. Verse 15, he sendeth forth his commandment upon the earth. His word runneth very swiftly. Uh, praise God for the power of his words. Praise God for the power of his words. Uh, I am delighted to report tonight that in this morning's, I forgot to remind people to leave their offering in the foyer uh, as you departed. And yet, despite my failure, uh, you all gave as God led you to give. And you know what? We got pretty much exactly the amount of money that we need to send out 24, 2,500 gospel tracts this week. That is exactly what we hope to accomplish this week. And numbers of you gave different amounts, but God knew what was needed, and he laid upon your heart what he desired you to give, and you gave, and, and I mean pretty much exactly what we needed is what we got. Brother Ray, God can do that. And you know, it wasn't a small amount of money either. It was, it was hundreds of dollars. It was hundreds of dollars. Uh, God knew what we needed to accomplish what he laid upon our hearts, and he laid upon your heart individual amounts, and you gave, and we're going to get God's word out there. We're going to mail uh, pretty lengthy gospel tracts. They fit on two sides of a, a large postcard, but, you know, they're not brief. They're very complete, and um, we have the privilege this week to get the gospel into uh, 24, 2,500 homes here in Trumbull. Um, he sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. Uh, you pray that those gospel tracts get delivered swiftly, please, and that they'll be read. They're going to be hard to ignore, by the way. The design is such that they are very hard to ignore. Pray that they would be read and that people would be saved. Pray that people will call and say, hey, tell me more about this crazy card that you sent me. Uh, what in the world's wrong with you people? Why are you sending... Pray that we get calls or emails like that uh, from people, not, not irate people, but uh, people who are interested to know more about Christ and the salvation that is available in him uh, and the blessings that come with that. Really pray about that this week, please. Maybe some would fast and pray. I encourage that. Uh, pray for this project. We, we can't go door to door right now. It's not being permitted. You know, you could debate whether we should fight that or not, but put that aside. This is, this is what God has laid upon our hearts for right now. God's made it possible. Pray, pray, please. Uh, he sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth uh, very swiftly. We're almost done. There's just several verses. We'll see them very quickly, uh, and we're done. Uh, one last time, God illustrates his praiseworthiness uh, in his creation, in his creation. Um, there's, <laughs> there's an illustration for you and me, Brother Ray. Uh, it, God, God is the God who's invented snow and who sends it uh, and who melts it and turns it to water. And uh, we've seen our share of snow in our years, haven't we? And uh, there's a beauty in snow. Uh, sometimes a really profound beauty. I know it can be dangerous at times. We have to be very careful, but uh, God is the God who's invented snow and made it to be beautiful. And listen, clearly he intends 
uh, to be praised for the beauty of this aspect of his creation. See verse 16 again quickly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow uh, and the waters flow. Now, there's an illustration there perhaps of God's work at work. I don't know for sure if God intends that or not. Uh, perhaps the idea in verse 18 is that God's word uh, can, can melt away uh, a hard, uh, frosty heart. That, that may be possible. Uh, I'm not sure about that, to be honest. That, that, that might be in view here. Whether that's the case that God intends that or not, uh, I know that's true. God's word can uh, soften the hardest, coldest heart. Don't ever think that no, someone could get saved because their heart's as hard as a stone, it's, their heart's as cold as a, uh, an ice cube and, and, and just frozen salt. God can, God can melt that heart. He can soften, uh, soften that heart. God can do that. God can do that. Uh, if the Lord simply intends here to illustrate his praiseworthiness through the beauty of snow, that's good too because, boy, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Finally, we see a reminder, uh, just one final quick illustration of his praiseworthiness and his care for his people, his nurture of his people. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He's provided his words to his people, his word, his statutes and judgments. Remember all those different synonyms for the words of God that we see in Psalm 119? It's the longest psalm, and each verse refers to God's word, some aspect of God's word. And different synonyms are used, precepts, law, statutes, judgments, words. Uh, he showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. So many have not known them, and of course, it's, it's our job to receive these words, consider this, God's word is one way that he cares for us. Have you thought about it that way? He's cared for your soul uh, in an eternal sense by giving you his word so that you could know how to be saved through faith in Christ. He's cared for us spiritually that way. He shows us now how to live and walk with Christ through his word. He cares for us. He shows us how to be spiritually and emotionally well and stable, not given over to anxiety and depression, but to have a, a stable, a stability in our lives. God provides that care through his word, yes, and through the Holy Spirit who ministers through those words, but the words are absolutely critical in that process. God cares for his people through his words. Don't forget that. His words are critically important in our walk with him. We need them. We need to feed on them. We need to be in them. We need to be meditating in them. And we need to be sharing them. So many are still without, outside the camp, lost without God's word, without God the Son, making a relationship with God the Father possible. Uh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to be thankful for your words and the power of your words in our lives. And so we do end where we began. 
praise ye the Lord. I hope tonight this has been an encouragement, maybe a little bit convicting uh, as we realize as the Lord pokes and prompts and prods us in our hearts, hey, we've not been as praise-filled. We've not been in the business of praising God the way we should. Okay, Lord, I confess that. I, I quickly confess that tonight. Help me to keep a list of these prompts to praise you, these things that you have laid out in your word as reasons to praise you. God, help me to make it my business. Help me to make a habit of praising you in prayer to you um, as encouragement to fellow believers in our church and to the lost as a door opener to share the gospel. Lord, help us to be in the business of praising you, recognizing that this is what pleases you and in that we are fulfilling purpose for which you have created us. Lord, what a privilege. Thank you. Father, I thank you tonight for your words. I thank you for Psalm 147. I thank you uh, for the privilege to know you in and through Christ. I thank you, Lord, for uh, knowledge, revelation from you in the Bible about all the reasons that you are so very worthy of praise and and, and the critical centrality of, of, of praising you. Uh, in our lives. Lord, help us, help us to make it our habit to be uh, more and more in the business of, of praising you, allocating our time to prayer and praising you in prayer and, and bringing our cares to you and praising you and thanking you uh, that we can. Lord, grow our gratitude uh, for all the benefits of our salvation. Uh, Lord, grow our gratitude for the hope that we have. And I, I pray that would prompt us to thank you and, and to praise you. And Lord, I pray that um, your pleasure would be a motivation. And I pray that your honor and glory would be a motivation. Lord, help us to take up this business of praising you. I know it will be a great help to us. I know it'll please you. I know it'll bring bring great honor and glory to you. Lord, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the privilege. Now, Lord, I I pray tonight and I thank you that it is because of Christ that we can obey you, that we can take up your command to be in the business of praising you. Lord, to not do so is sin, but we have victory over sin in Christ. And I thank you tonight that it's because of Christ that we can know grace to obey you in this area. And so I thank you again tonight for the cross and for my salvation. And I pray for grace for myself, strength, and for each person in our church. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You please pray for our mail project, our gospel outreach mail project this week. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, We'll be back together here, Lord willing, online on Wednesday night at 7. In a couple of weeks, Lord willing, we'll be back in person on Wednesday night. Uh, Meanwhile, Zach will come and lead us in our closing song, uh, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. By the way, I I keep reminding you to have folks take the bulletins with you when you leave the 11 o'clock service. 
because it has the song lyrics for the evening service. That's by design. I know some of you have been taking them, but I wanted to remind you, take those when you're here so that you have them with you. Uh, if you're not able to get to the church and you don't receive our emails, our bulletins are available at the website, longhillbaptistchurch.com. We've created a new page. You'll see it right at the top, uh, bulletin. You can go there with a couple of clicks. You have the bulletin in your hands. So I encourage you to do that and to sing along with us. Uh, God bless you. Have a good night tonight. All right, if you would take your last hymn sheet, we'll go to number 392, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Number 392, we'll sing all four verses. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me beneath the healing, cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin itself to cease. Just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And the last, I'm so glad I learned to trust him, precious Jesus. Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that he is with me, will be with me till the end. Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your word and to worship you. I pray we continue in a heart of worship this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.